Thanks for listening to the Issue Podcast. If you like what you hear, then be sure to catch us every week on all your streaming services. Make sure to follow our social media. All links can be found in the description of our episodes. Email us your thoughts. Our email is theissuemailbox at gmail.com. Also, sign up for the newsletter while you're there. And uh, you can do that by going to our website that we have linked in this episode. All you have to do is put in your email and click sign up. Guys, don't forget to like, subscribe, share with your friends. And thanks for listening to The Issue. Yo, what's up? We are back. It is the issue. It is Monday, August 9th. Absolutely loaded show. NFL in the first segment. AFC North predictions. Baker Mayfield rant. Getting into the second segment, we have MLB. Josh Johnson from Kent State Baseball is going to be joining us. And then finishing off the third segment with a little with a little game. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a game. We're going to guess when rookie quarterbacks are going to start. Um, God, there's so much news about Trey Lance, Justin Fields looking good. Obviously, we know when Trevor Lawrence is going to start, but we're going to predict when the other quarterbacks are going to start as well. Right. All the rookie quarterbacks, predicted start dates. It'll be a good one. But, guys, it is the issue. Go to our social media. Instagram is at the underscore issue podcast. Twitter is just at the issue podcast no underscores oh hold up Twitter. hold up we got a new one to throw in there i totally forget it because it's brand new so give me a second let me check let me check hold up getting there <laughs> on tiktok haven't posted anything yet but we are gonna start soon yes it is the issue underscore podcast check it out there's a little white logo um yellow writing as the profile picture that's how you know you got there yeah go check us out tiktok instagram Twitter, basically everywhere. You can find all the links in our link tree. We'll throw the TikTok one in there um, once we get off the show today. But guys, loaded show. Make sure you're sending us emails. That is the issue mailbox at gmail.com. Sign up for our newsletter. Go to our website. Put your email in. Click sign up. We will be rolling on that. I think this coming this week, week is the first week it's going to come out. Uh, give you a little gist of just kind of what's going on in the sports world. Even if we don't talk about it on the show. It's almost going to be like a little newspaper version of the, um, show. of the show. Yeah, we're going to have a couple columns in there and stuff like that. So yep. it'll be good. Um, so let's just get right into it then, right? The AFC North predictions uh, on the issue. All right, so let's do it a little bit different today. We usually start top down. Let's go, let's go bottom up today. Okay. So let's start with the fourth place Bengals, right? I feel like we're going to do this because the bottom two, to me kind of feels like a no-brainer even though one of the teams is the hometown Steelers. so let's start with the Bengals at at four and 13 right my issue with the Bengals is they their offensive line is not good Joe Burrow's coming off of an injury I don't know if Zach Taylor can coach either he's shown no ability to win at any level he's been at I'm trying to I'm not trying to rip the guy but I gotta call it how it is he's not shown me the ability to lead his team to victory now I do like Joe Burrow I think he's gonna take a a step forward if he can stay healthy that's a big if now they've upgraded the offensive line a little bit still going to be bottom third of the league i do like their weapons i like tyler boyd t higgins and then the new the rookie jamar chase i like it they made some mediocre additions on defense the issue it's a lot like arizona but a worse roster that's that's easily the fourth best roster in this division yeah it's hard to find the wins i think they beat the jags the lions 
the Raiders, and it's going to be a little bit of a surprise, but the Broncos. I don't think the Broncos are a very good team. That's kind of our hot take of the year. Yeah. I've been seeing a lot of people think the Broncos are going to be you know, special. I don't see it. I actually think the Bengals, depending on the part of the schedule, um, or when they actually play them, I think the Bengals are going to be rolling a little bit. They're going to beat the Raiders, then the Broncos. It's just so hard to find the wins on their schedule. They're going to lose every division game because they're just going to be outmanned and outgunned. Period. It is. It is. It's hard to find the wins, but at the same time, you have to keep in perspective. This is a, a better prediction than we gave them last year. Um, they are improving. We do have them sitting higher than we did last year, so we are taking into account Joe Burrow being good and you know finding those right pieces. But with a horrible offensive line, no protection, it's just really, really tough to put them anything above that. I agree. I will say that they are going to be probably the most competitive. You know single-digit win team, right? They're going to be the most competitive four- to five-win team. I wouldn't be surprised if they go, like, six and 11, but I just, going through their schedule, four and 13 feels right to me. And they're cursed in a horrible, in in a really tough division. It is. It is a tough division. Um, Even though the Steelers, I don't think they're a Super Bowl contender. I think they're a borderline playoff team, though. And I think the Browns and the Ravens, they are definitely playoff teams. So it's just tough. So let's go up to the third-place Steelers. Now, this is going to tick off a lot of people in Pittsburgh here. 10 and 7 tops. I'm thinking 9 and 8, 10 and 7. We have them at 10 and 7 going through the the uh the schedule, but Lord knows the Steelers like to drop a couple a couple games that they're not supposed to. We already predicted one or two with the Vikings and the Titans because I think we have a better roster than both of them. Um I'm talking more well-rounded roster and definitely a better defense than both of them. But we're going to find a way to lose them. Yep. I can tell you that right now. Every year we find a way to lose games we shouldn't. So um, I have them losing to the Bills early. I don't think that's going to be all that close. Um, the Packers, we know Rodgers is going to play. That's not all that close either. I think the Browns are a better football team, especially when we go to Cleveland. I think that's a loss. Um, the Vikings and the Titans, like I said, we're going to find a way to drop those games. And obviously the Chiefs and the Ravens late in the year. That's just a tall order to ask of Ben when he's what, almost 40 now. Yep. And he's got to go to Arrowhead and, and then the Ravens at... Baltimore, that's just, that's tough. That's tough. It is. I don't know. What do you think about the Steelers this year? You're, um, you're a little more high on, them than not, high on them than I am. Look, I try to stay optimistic because last year we we had them in third as also behind the Browns and the Ravens, and we were wrong on that, and they, they showed out and went, what was it, like 11-0 before they lost. Yeah. Look, they're a very unpredictable team. I just don't, like you say, I have my reservations about the offensive line. Oh, it's so I bad. Do, I do love Najee. I love that draft pick. I, I like the Pat Freermuth. The Pat Freermuth is good. And, you know, I think we've the- made improvements, but I think there's still... This team's a year or two plus a good quarterback away. So let me... A little side rant here, not too long, though. This This shows the NFL perfectly. You can build a great roster. That defense is top three in the league, has a chance to be top one, for sure. The receiving, that, that trio, Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Chase Claypool, yeah. that's top five. Uh-huh. That's a top five, top seven minimum wide receiver trio. And that, Absolutely. And that, then, that might be the strongest top three. I mean, it's really good, one through three. If you don't have the offensive line, you don't have the quarterback, you have no idea what the season's going to look like. Mm-hmm. The Broncos last year, everyone thought, and we, us included, we thought, that's a pretty good roster. That's a really good roster. No offensive line, and we can't trust Drew Locke. What happened? Not a good football team. 
It just makes me nervous. Let's go up to number two here, the Browns. A lot of people have them at like 13-4, and four, outright winning the division. I don't see it. I think 11-6. and six. I think their moves are fine. Their secondary is good, but it's going to take some time to gel. So early in the year, I think they're going to get shredded by some teams. Again, if I can't trust your quarterback, it's hard for me to sit there and predict you winning the division. I trust Lamar Jackson wins 80% of his games. Mm-hmm. I can't trust Baker Mayfield in this division. 11-6 and six feels right to me, so I think they lose to the Chiefs early. The Chargers are going to air raid that young secondary. They have to go to Foxborough and meet Bill Belichick? Or, come on, that's, a, that's I'm kidding, man. no chance. At Baltimore? Nope. How about at Lambeau? No shot. And then the Steelers at Pittsburgh? There's no way. No. There's, there's just no way. Um, look, I like what they did. I just think some of their additions are a little bit overhyped. Jadavian Clowney's a good player. He's not great. I don't think he's special. I think he's a solid B player. He's a solid average player. Yep. A little bit above average. I'd agree with that. Two good backs. I think the offensive line is going to regress a bit, even though it's still going to be a top three line. There's no way Baker has another 96 QBR season. Just not going to happen. That's not Baker Mayfield. He's better when they throw less. He's not going to have that great of a year. I, I just don't. I don't see it. I think they're a playoff team. Absolutely. I don't see them outright winning the division and being a Super Bowl contender. I just don't. What do you think? Um, like you said, everybody's a little too high on the Browns this year. I do like them. I think they're a really good team. Um, I'd say probably the best running back duo in the AFC. I would also argue that that's outside of the Chiefs and maybe the Bills. That's the best roster in the AFC, right. top and, to bottom. And they've done a great job at rebuilding it from where it was. But, um, but Baker Mayfield still is proves to be more of a trailer at times than liability right when he's dropping back you see it with ben you see it with baker when they have to throw over i don't know 40 times a game i think 30 i think the statistic is their chance of winning drops by almost 67 percent. i will i'll show you once i get into this rant here um after the predictions i will outline for you just how much baker is a liability yeah he's a he's a trailer not a truck but also the Browns are going to brown. The, I mean, the Browns are going to brown. They are going to find a way to lose some games. Plus, every single loss that they have, I I don't think it's very disputable. You think that they're going to go to Arrowhead and beat Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes in September. They've never lost. When they when Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid are together as a duo, they have not lost in September. What, you think they're going to lose not, like out of the blue to the Browns? With a young secondary? No shot. The Chargers? They're going to tear up that secondary. I just, I don't see it. Let's go to the top here, the Ravens. 12-5 and feels right. It does. Everyone's predicting the the, the division winners. They're all, they're going 14-3 and or whatever. No, I don't see that. Um, I do see 12-5. and The Chiefs, that's a tough draw. I mean, that really is. Miami. We have them losing to Miami. They go on short rest to Miami. After being at what? I think it's, they go to... Soldier Field. They go that. to Soldier Field and play the Bears. Tough pass rush. And then on semi short rest, you then have to fly to Miami. I don't see it. Um, the Steelers and the Browns, they lose both of those games on the road. And then we don't know which game we're going to do our classic. They're going to lose one of either Green Bay or the Rams. Yep. The Rams games later in the year. So I don't, like I said, the Rams are kind of a question mark now. No Cam Akers. They don't have a great running game. Who knows how Matt Stafford's going to handle winning. So I think they lose one of either Green Bay or L.A. 
That puts him at 12-5. and five. I trust Lamar Jackson more than I do Baker Mayfield. That's really what it comes down to. He wins 80% of his games. I agree. They're going to be a playoff team. They're going to probably, probably make a run in the playoffs. I think I said that the Browns are the third-best roster, but I do think the Ravens are the third-best team yep. when it actually comes down to performance and how they're going to play, no, not on paper. So run back down through those one more time. All right, so at the top of the division, we have the Ravens at 12-5. and five. The Browns at eleven and six, Steelers at ten and seven, and finally in the base we got the Bengals at four and thirteen. Could be five and twelve, but we'll see. Yeah. So now let's get into the superlatives for the division. Okay, so you want to go with? Let's go with the MVP first. Okay. Who I'm going to go with T.J. Watt. He should have won Defensive Player of the Year last year. He is easily the most talented player, regardless of position. In the division, if you try to argue Miles Garrett, I will cut your head off. <laughs> I mean, there's. Just, I'll pull up. You know what? Next episode, I'll do a rant on the fact that T.J. Watt is so underappreciated, and people rank Miles Garrett and Aaron Donald above him last year. Statistics. Right, he let him. He let him. Yeah, he let him both in every statistical category. Right. Um, I'll, I'll agree with you right there, T.J. Watt. I think he's the most prolific player, not only in the division but in football right now. Uh, what he does and how he changes the energy of a defense is insane. Um, you don't see many people do that. Aaron Donald is a good com- comparison in, oh, yeah. in what he does in terms of bringing energy. Yeah. But I think in terms of football, I think T.J. Watt is a way better pass rusher. I think he gets in the backfield a lot more, disrupts a lot more plays. He's just an overall, all-around better player. So freaking yep. nature, yeah. Okay. Um, okay, let's go best quarterback. Lamar. I think it's Lamar. Look, if you go through these divisions, nine times out of ten, well, there's only eight divisions, seven times out of eight, <laughs> the best quarterback wins the division. Yeah. So, Lamar Jackson right now is the best quarterback. Overall, obviously, Ben's had the better career, but Lamar is lightning in a bottle. And going into this season, he wins 80% of his games. Yeah. I, Lamar Jackson, best quarterback. Um, Let's go with... Offensive MVP. Offensive MVP, not named Lamar. Um, I like Chase Claypool. I think he's going to have a really good season. Okay, I'm going to go with, um, it's going to be like a combo. I'm just going to go with the Browns' backfield. Okay. Because if they run the football really well, that team could go from 11-6 and six to 13-4. and four. Yeah. You, I mean, if they can pound the rock, that that's a tough team to beat. Yeah. I'm predicting that they're going to have a little bit of trouble. There's no way they can possibly run it as well as they did last year. That was unprecedented. I just don't think they're going to be a really good team and a really good running team. But if that that's... MVP is where that comes in most valuable because if they run the football, that's a almost unstoppable football team. Yep. Let's go defensive player of the year. Defensive. Uh, I'm not, not named TJ Watt. Uh, I guess we could go Miles Garrett on this one then. Yeah, Miles Garrett feels right. I'm gonna go with Even a little a bit of a Minka. Is... Yeah, Minka would be good. I'm gonna go a little different. I'm gonna go with Marlon Humphrey from the uh, the Ravens. He's their shutdown corner. Um, if he's playing well, he's he's able to lock down a Chase Claypool, lock down a Jarvis Landry, OBJ. And if you can do that, then it gives the Ravens a really good shot to win a lot of games. Yeah. I think he's a very valuable piece to that team. So, so I, yeah, I like that. So now a rookie. Who do you like? Best rookie in the division. I don't think this – I do like Najee, but I think the offensive line is going to limit him. Now, it's, it's not going to translate to wins, but I'm going to go Jamar Chase. I think he's a really good player. Now, I don't think he was the right pick. I think Panay Sewell was the right pick for the Bengals. They needed to protect Joe Burrow, not give him another receiver. Well, do you think Do you think him having his college receiver gives him... I think, I think it helps, oh, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely, I think it helps. I just think Panay Sewell would have been a better pick for the future. Right. But I do like Jamar Chase, and I think he's going to... When you look up at the end of the year, statistically, he's going to look like the best rookie. So I'm going to pick Jamar Chase. Okay. 
I mean, I don't have any issues with any of those. You're going to go with Najee? I've, I know you're big on Najee. I, I love Najee. Yeah. Uh, I love the pick. I'll go with him for for yeah. right now. I, I know underrated. the offensive line is just absolutely abysmal. but Underrated pick, throw Pat Frimuth in there. Yeah, he's going to be huge. You never Hopefully know. A, bit, a better addition than Eric Ebron. If he can seal the edge, run, I'm talking running. Yeah. I'm not even talking his pass catching, but if he can seal the edge, I don't know, could be good. Okay, I want to talk about something real quick. Does this happen to do with a quarterback from the Absol- division we were talking absolutely. about? Absolutely. <laughs> this has exactly to do with Baker Mayfield, okay? <laughs> it actually works out that I, did, I totally forgot we were doing NFC North today, so it worked out. I wanted AFC to show North. up and talk about – or, I'm sorry, AFC North. I want to show up and talk about Baker. Here we are doing the AFC North. It works out perfectly. So, the NFL posted their little preview of all the players, you know, discussing the top 100. Baker got his little preview, right? Miles Garrett shows up. He's like, oh, he's a cowboy gunslinger. Okay, so it was Jay Cutler. Um, let's pump the brakes a little bit. Jay Cutler was a gunslinger. Ryan Fitzpatrick's a gunslinger. You know who I've never says, you know who's never compared as a gunslinger, talked about as a gunslinger? I don't know, maybe like Russell Wilson, Tom Brady. More All the guys winning Super Bowls, you know. No yeah. one's ever like, oh, at Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, he is a gunslinger, but oh, he is accurate. He makes the correct reads. He doesn't have copious interceptions, so... Let's, let's pump the brakes. Baker Mayfield, in my opinion, is not a top 100 football player, regardless of position, remember. And if he is, he better not sniff the top 75. I get that they won a playoff game. I get that. Against the Steelers' injury-riddled defense, abysmal offensive line, an aging Big Ben, for God's sake, the first snap went right over Ben's head. He looked at it, didn't even want to touch it, and let them recover it for a touchdown. Baker had a 7-0 lead without even stepping on the field. And we're going to crown him the next big guy. The Browns win in spite of Baker Mayfield, not because of Baker Mayfield. When the Browns lost last year, we're going to exclude the Steelers' loss because he got hurt. He only had 18 attempts. It wasn't a full game for him. So let's exclude that loss when they lost 38-7 at Heinz Field. In their losses, Baker Mayfield... This, these are his throwing attempts. 39, 25, 47, 53. That's an average of 41 attempts per loss. Not, again, they lost five times, so that's only in the four losses, excluding the Steelers game. So what's in, in the wins, right? Let's go to their 11 wins, right? Oh, well, he averages 27.6 attempts per game. Mm. So what does that tell me? That tells me that Baker Mayfield, the more he throws, the, the worse the Browns are. The more they lose. Since 2018, when Baker came into the league, he's the third worst in interceptions. You know he's behind? Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston has been written off and cast off. He might actually finally get a second chance, but he's been kind of written off. Nobody ever would argue, Jameis Winston's the top, top 100 player. And he's behind Phillip Rivers, who's now retired. Yeah. Oh, oh and by the way, he's, he's worse when he has OBJ, which is his best, most expensive wide receiver. I don't – how can you actually sit here and tell me that Baker Mayfield is a top 100 football player? I've seen lists ranking him as a top 10 quarterback. Top 10. Are we watching the same football game? (laughs) You wouldn't even dare take Baker Mayfield in your fantasy draft. He's someone you pick off the waiver wire. When you have your main quarterback is on a bye. I can't. 
I said I'd show you exactly. You were talking, you know, with Big Ben. The more he throws, the worse they are. I just outlined it right here. Baker, when they lose, he averages 41 attempts. When they win, 27. Yep. When they pound the rock and stick to their extremely prolific run game, they're great. When he when he tries to throw the football around, things get ugly quick. There's not a single player that should be on that top 100 list that is a liability to a football team. Well, yeah. he's the only thing keeping me from saying that this team is going 15 and two. Mm-hmm. The only he's the only thing keeping me from saying that this team could be a three loss team. Yeah, offensive line top three, backfield top one, wide receivers and weapons top three, and- pass rush top five. Secondary, once they gel, top seven. Linebacking duo, top 15. The They're a significantly above-average team in every facet of their football team besides quarterback. Another thing with Baker, when he's on, he's on. Like, when he's focused yeah. and he's oh, yeah. focused, he has that high energy. He, every single throw, for the most part, is perfect. But when things go bad, oh, they go Oh, they go wrong. bad. They go south it's, quick. It's a very similar situation to an Aaron Rodgers type of deal where, you know, if he's not having the best game or hmm. he got baited into a couple of bad picks early, it's kind of hard to recover from that. We haven't really seen Baker recover uh, and, and play from behind and have to make those throws to win. A lot of the times it's just them relying on their running game. But um, Yeah, I agree. Well, I think... Uh... I think it's about it for our first segment here. Josh Johnson on in a yeah, couple minutes. Josh Johnson around the corner. Thank you guys. It's the issue brought to you by Phoenix Fitness. Hey guys, what's going on? It's the guys over here at the issue. Excited to announce a new supplement opportunity for you guys through Phoenix Fitness, spelled F N X, capital F N and X. Use code TJ2021, when you click the link in our link tree or go to fnx.com, TJ2021, it'll get you 15% off store-wide. Go out and get yourself an AM protein blend, just drank mine, Orange Dreamsicle, my personal favorite flavor, and then at nighttime you can recover with their wide variety of BCA amino acid recovery formulas as well with creatine, glutamine, um, nighttime protein blend, it's a PM blend. Spice and melatonin in there, put you right to sleep. Go check it out, Phoenix Fitness. Yo, what is up? We are back. Second segment, the issue here on a beautiful Monday. Loaded show. We talked about the AFC North, some Baker Mayfield in the first segment. Now we're doing, we're going to switch gears a little bit. We're going to MLB because we got Josh Johnson around the corner. He's going to be joining us. Can't wait. So let's talk a little bit of baseball, you know. Tis the season. Let's talk some baseball. I'm down. I feel like we haven't given an update to you guys on, you know, first place, who, who, you know, who's doing what right now. The Rays are in first, kind of like we predicted. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of young talent on that team. The Orioles are in last, kind of like we predicted. Now, in between, kind of a shake-up. Boston's only a game back of the Rays. Yankees are then six back of the Rays, and the Blue Jays seven. So, it's a little tighter in there than we expected it to be, but mm-hmm. um, kind of shaking out how we expected. The, the Rays and Yankees, the Red Sox, kind of all at the top. Blue Jays are... Kind of hanging around. Orioles are just not a good, not a good baseball team. No, yeah, um, not too many surprises there, but a little bit of a surprise uh, with how bad Minnesota's been in the AL. They are bad. 
they are just not good. 18 games out of first place. The White Sox steadily holding that division at yeah. 63 and 45. They are a good team. We kind of predicted them as more of a sleeper team yeah. almost. Um, but, I mean, they have been good. Well, they're, they're loaded. Yeah, they're 9.5 up on the next best team. They're the only team in their division that's even above 500. That's a really bad division. I would say that's probably one of the worst in the league. Yep. And uh, the AL West, actually very competitive. Now, the Angels still aren't, you know, really competing, competing. They're only 11 out, though. I know I say only 11. They're at least 500. They're not the Rangers, who are 26 back. Yeah, the Rangers are bad. The Mariners are a pleasant surprise this year. It's it's fun to watch them be competitive, and the Astros are obviously the best team. They're the most talented roster. Uh, and then flipping over to the NL, we have the Mets leading the NL East at uh, 56 and 51, I mean, that's a really competitive division. You look at the second place Philadelphia Phillies, a game and a half out. Third place Atlanta, two and a half out. And even the fourth place Nationals are competitive at seven and a half. And you could even the, make yeah. an argument that the Marlins at ten and a half aren't exactly out of it either. They're not out of it, out of it. No, I mean, they'd have to rip off a, a major win streak and everyone else would have to lose. But they're not, like, out of it, out of it. There's still a lot of games left. Yeah, and then the NL Central leading the division, you have the Pirates. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, you're funny, you're yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, the Pirates are abysmal. They're in last. They're 23-and-a-half out. The Cubs are selling the farm. They're also abysmal. They're back to this, the Cubs that we know and love. Um, they're 13 back. The Cardinals are 11 back. That's abysmal. I don't know. Who's the Cardinals manager nowadays? That really old guy. Let me check him around. Dude quick. needs to be fired, seriously. He does. How is he? How That... that that roster should not be under 500. No. Paul Goldschmidt, no. Nolan Arenado, Paul DeYoung, Jack Flaherty, Adam Wainwright, Yadier Molina, Harrison Bader. That should that should be a non. They should not be sub 500. Yeah, that should be a non-issue. The Reds are above them. Come on, the Reds. Uh huh. The Reds who actually haven't even really looked all that bad this year. Yeah, they're seven and a half back, and the Brewers are running away with this division because the Brewers are the best team in this division. Yeah. Whatever. And then you go down to the NL West, San Francisco leading things there. Three and a half games up on the Dodgers, and then seven up on San Diego. This is a weird division. Uh, we kind of predicted, we predicted San Diego first, Dodgers second, and then Giants third, Colorado fourth, and Arizona fifth. Well, that sounds about right, because now the Giants are obviously a surprise. Yeah. Um, the bottom two are just not competitive. We don't really even have to worry about them. Um but that top three, that's going to be interesting going down the stretch. That's playoff baseball for the next two to three months. And especially with Chris Bryant now playing for San Francisco, that was probably one of the biggest trades during the deadline and him going there. It was one of the more obvious ones. Everybody kind of knew it. But a little bit of a, little bit of a you know, where we were right. I said at the deadline, the Padres overreached. They're now four and six in their last ten. Yep. They overreached. Not playing the best baseball, I called it. Um, even the Dodgers added a lot of great pieces. They're only six and four in their last ten. I don't know. The Giants coach needs a raise. I'll tell you that right now. That's a, that's a good team. That's a good baseball team. Yeah. Something that I want to talk about real quick. The Angels, right? Okay. Particular player on the Angels is just an absolute standout in the MLB. Do you know who I'm talking about? Mike Trout. Uh, no, 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 no. That would be uh, Shohei Otani. It's crazy that we're talking about Otani over Trout nowadays. I still think Trout's a better overall baseball player. Or not overall, because I guess Otani pitches as well. Yeah, he's a more well-rounded baseball player than even Mike Trout. Yeah, I would <laughs> say I think Mike Trout's going to go down as a better baseball player over, like in the history. Yeah, right? and he has cooler shoes. So absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
but you you've heard it all year, and I've I keep hearing it. Babe Ruth, Shohei Otani. Mm-hmm. What say you? What do you think? Um, I don't even think it's all that close. I think Shohei Otani is worldly better than Babe Ruth. I think if you brought Babe Ruth back right now to hit against Otani, he wouldn't touch a ball. And then you could flip it around and have Babe pitch to Otani, and it would look like BP pregame. So now, I agree, right? So first of all, Babe was a very, very short 6'2". I don't buy that. That's what he's listed at. You look at pictures, he's more like a a 6' even. Yeah. Kind of a stockier guy, shorter. Otani's listed at 6'4". I don't buy that either. I think he's more like a (laughs) 6'5". He's a big dude. He's a big athlete. Babe Ruth never had a good season pitching and a good season hitting simultaneously. People were always like, oh, Babe did this and this. He was world-class at both at separate times. Shohei Otani is doing it at the same time. Now, people are like, well, why does that matter? Well, it matters because when you're a pitcher, you don't even think about hitting. You don't even look at a baseball bat. I don't even think you own a bat. They just have some dusty ones in the corner that you just take up to the plate if you have to hit. And then you bunt and practice with it. Yeah, that's it. You just take a little little bunt. Otani hasn't hit batting practice all year. He just pitches, and then he just shows up to the game, and 37 home runs leads the MLB. He just put his ERA last night, sub-3. He's a 293 ERA. Now, is Babe Ruth a better accolade baseball player? He's got more accolade? Absolutely. Otani's only played for two years. People are like, oh, how can you say that when Babe won seven World Series and, and a bunch of MVPs? First of all, he was playing against merchants. That term was still in use when <laughs> Babe Ruth played. Do you realize he played before World War II? Think about that. Think about how long ago that was and how different the world was. How different athletics were and athletes were. The training. The preparation. Look. Babe Ruth would slam like seven beers at the pub and then show up to the game and hit a home run because he was playing against Jim from down the street who just got done cutting his grass after work. Yeah. And then went to his second job to play baseball in the MLB. It was a glorified men's league with cameras. That's all it was. You can't convince me otherwise. Now, granted, they were, you know, some damn good baseball players for the time. Yep. They were, but don't sit here and tell me that they are better than Shohei Otani today. And I'm not. There is no way. Yeah, I'm not arguing that Babe Ruth wasn't great. He was for sure the best player of his time and of his era. And he'll still go down accolade wise as a top five player of all time. Right. But you can't be comparing guys that played so long ago to the now advancements that we have today. Look at a phone. Uh, look at. Just look at um, avenues of communication. Right. How could you communicate with people when Babe Ruth played? There weren't phones. It was a telegraph, man. You'd be like, hey. There, I don't um, even, were there even rotary phones yet? I don't think were so. Were there not. even ro- phones in the bullpen? Or did you Maybe, have to give them the, the signal? That was when that was That's probably when prevalent. That, yeah, when you just come out and yeah. tap the wrist there. Call the bullpen. I just, I, I'm with you. I don't, you said avenues of communication. How about let's go avenues of like transportation? Okay. Horse and buggy was prevalent. It was. It was still one of probably the mainly ones. Cobblestone roads, so, people. He debuted in like 1914. The assembly Let line car, the in. first assembly line car came out in 1919. Put it in perspective. <laughs> like that's like saying, oh yeah, back in the day, those cars back then were way better than they are now. I no, bet. they're more nostalgic. Absolutely. Are they more quote unquote legendary? Probably. Are they better? No chance. I can get in my car now. I don't even have to click a button and my phone hooks up to the Bluetooth. I can play music already. Yep. That's it. I don't have to get out, crank start it. I don't have to, I don't have to crank my windows down. 
actually have windows. Have I think the first cars didn't even have roll down windows. You like, used to have to like crank start your car though. Like yeah. get out, crank up the car, get it rolling, possibly run over your best friend. <laughs> And just try to get it rolling. Yeah, it's it, just I don't I don't see the argument. I really don't. No. Let's bring that's a great lead. Let's bring in let's bring in Josh Johnson. Um, we appreciate him coming on the show, and uh, here he is. Yeah, Kent State baseball barstool athlete Josh Johnson. Everybody. Now on the show we have Josh Johnson, Kent State baseball barstool athlete. Josh, how you doing? Thanks for coming on the show, man. Doing good. How you guys doing? Not bad at all. Not bad at all. Um, so, you know, this is a uh, pretty good opportunity for us with the NILs and everything that's been happening in college sports. Just, you know, pick your brain on that a little bit and, and how the things are going in the uh, in the college sport, sports world and how they're changing. Yeah, it's, it's, like a, it's a new time. So this NIL thing, Josh, for someone who's not familiar that's listening, what opportunities have you seen either for yourself or for your teammates, other people that you know, um, that's a little bit different from from when before that you know NIL bill got passed. Uh, I mean, I mean, now the opportunities are endless. Now the college athletes get to make money off their name. It's just something that I never saw, thought that I would see. Um, but it's just opening so many doors for so many people, and it's just it's super cool to see. I mean, personally, I haven't really tried to get my name out there very much, but who knows what could happen uh, down the road here. Absolutely, you were uh, you were teammates with Luke Albright. Now he was drafted around the same time that that whole Bill thing was coming out. I knew he was one of the bigger names on your team. Um, did he ever get anything? And he looks like that. Um, not that I'm aware of. I imagine his name was probably floating around in there, and he's probably getting a bunch of things now that he got drafted. It was super cool for him. I'm super super happy for him. Uh, it's one of the hardest workers I've ever seen, and it's just all glory to him. He did a really good job. Yeah, D-backs, right, for him? Yes. Awesome. So him along with you guys had a lot of, you know, older, senior, junior contributors that are either drafted, graduated, all that. What's the mindset going into this season? Because Kent Baseball, yeah, it might be MAC, might be a little bit smaller compared to like a Big 12 school, but you guys have standards there. You expect to be competing for a MAC championship every year and beyond. So what's the, what's the mindset going into this year losing so many contributors? Uh, I think it's just – next man up and just basically just do your job. I mean, that's coach dunk does a really good job of just kind of going with the next man up and just keeping our mindset towards that Mac championship. And ultimately our goal is to end up back in Omaha. Um, that 2012 run was just so cool to watch, especially as a Kent state like fan and looking back on it as a Kent state player. Now it's just so much to live up to, but it's, just next man up and just do your job. Yeah, it, it's a good mentality to have when you're talking next man up and just you, you got to push forward. So the whole mindset thing in, in athletes right now, it's been huge. You've seen it with, you know, Simone Biles at the uh, Olympics, and you, a lot of players are talking about it now, just mental health and everything like that. How important is it for you to be right mentally going into a game, um, you know, a series, anything like that? Oh, mental mental health is a big thing for me. Um I try not to get like too into my head because then that'll just kind of mess me up for like that series, that game, whatever it is. But um, I focus on my mental health a lot, actually, just controlling my breathing and controlling just controlling the controllables. Because if you try to control something that's completely out of your control, then it's just it's never going to turn out right for you. Yeah, uh, you know, mental health is a big thing, but 
especially with baseball. You know, the best players hit 300 and you're failing seven out of 10 times. So keeping that approach and, and going into every at bat, is that something you do? Like trying to focus on your breathing, try to settle yourself down, kind of stay in that moment. Yeah. I like to take, I like to focus on one part of my bat before I get into uh, the box and take a deep breath, kind of calm myself down and honestly just try to take it one pitch at a time. If that one pitch doesn't, isn't exactly what I wanted, then I just focus up for the next one. All right, so you're talking to, you know, amateur high school baseball players here. You, uh, you're obviously next level, um, you know, Division One, and you're playing, what would that be, semi-pro ball over the summer. Yeah. So, you, you know, you have the access to filming of your games. Now, do you watch film of your at-bats and kind of learn from it, or is that something that's um, maybe another level above you, or have you done that yet? Um, so, for college, I mean, we have Synergy, which basically uh, – films the majority of our bats um but during the summer it's i mean it's kind of hard because the only way to get my film is like paying through the prospect league tv and kind of doing it that way so i haven't really exactly been able to do that much but i have been getting videos from my dad and um just kind of looking over that and just kind of seeing what i'm doing with my good at bats and then just trying to consistently do that every single at bat is just something that i've been trying to become better i'm just trying to become extremely consistent at the plate yeah i think that's the most important thing you we, we talk about it ooh, those couple weeks ago we we're talking about the yankees and uh how the whole home run strikeout thing look that's great you can hit a lot of home runs we need more consistency though if they're going to be a world series team so i get the consistency thing there um for back to the mindset thing a little bit here you got any superstitions before the game any any big uh superstitions before either the game or before you run out to the outfield or even before an at-bat you shocking in any red bulls what are we what are we doing here uh, you know i'm big 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 time rain guy so a big big energy guy i gotta drink one before every game whether okay. whether it's earlier in the day or right before the game it's just kind of helps rain's kind of just they give me the energy boost without all the uh shaking and everything that comes with other caffeine drinks but um, <laughs> absolutely yeah i mean i'm not a big superstitious guy i kind of just i try to keep my routine my routine i would say is my superstition yeah that's fair you gotta you gotta be you gotta be right you know in your routine gives you that sense of uh kind of controlling what you can control so i 100 agree with that josh we gotta run it's been a pleasure yeah, guys, uh, go check out Lift Life Apparel. Uh, if you use code Josh Johnson, you can get 10% off your purchase. But, uh, Josh, thanks for coming on the show today. We uh, really appreciate it, man. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. All right. Hey, guys, it's Tim from The Issue. Just wanted to give a quick shout-out to my new favorite performance brand, Rep Sports, and in specific, Raise Energy. That's R-A-Z-E. Skip the sugary energy drinks that always have a crash. Go get some Raise Energy, zero sugar, high in amino acids. Get their pre-workout, some protein powder, hyper sleep aids, and more. Anything you need to keep your body performing at its peak, you can find at repsports.com. We'll put the link down in the description for this episode. Use code TIMBO, that's T-I-M-B-O, for 15% off along with other benefits. Like I said, the link and the code will be in the description for this episode, so go check it out. Yo, what's up? We are back. Third segment of 
the issue. We have a very interesting kind of game list to run down. We did it last year, didn't we? Yeah, um, it's one of the, it's one of my favorite ones actually. When are the first round quarterbacks going to make their first start in the NFL? Yeah, because I think the, the age of like, oh, they're, they're going to sit for a full year. I think that's over. I don't think that that's not the NFL anymore. Look, the Cardinals bailed on Josh Rosen after like I don't know ten starts. They were like, yeah, I've seen enough of this absolutely abysmal quarterback play we're drafting Kyler Murray yeah and look how it's worked out right so ag- aggressive moves pay off I think all of these these first round quarterbacks are gonna see the field at some point so let's predict when let's get the two easy ones out of the way first Trevor Lawrence when is he starting week one yep when is Zach Wilson starting week one yeah I think both of those uh franchises those quarterbacks are gonna be life preservers early um the Jets have no other solid option and I don't mind Gardner Minshew, but he's not Trevor Lawrence. I'll tell you that right now. You drafted him to be the savior. He is the savior. Don't don't mess it and up. And plus, you have your fan base is so excited to see T Law and yeah. I mean, you're not gonna you're not gonna roll Gardner Minshew out there after they just saw him last year, at and the, they're not the happiest with him. At the very least, he's a marketing piece. At the very minimum, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. So. Yeah, I, I, I like Trevor Lawrence week one, and then also Zach Wilson. I mean, who else do they have? No yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Okay, now let's get let's make it interesting. Do you want to start? you want to go? Let's go in the order we wrote them. I okay. like that. All right. Let's go with Trey Lance, right? We have him starting November 7th. That is week nine against the Cardinals. Now, let me explain why we have them starting week nine against the Cardinals. They're going to deal Jimmy Garoppolo, right? They're giving him all the praise in the world at the podium, and the coach is coming out and saying, he is the best he's ever looked. Kyle Shannon, he's the best version of him I've ever seen. Dude, you're just talking him up for other people. Yeah. Why Why would you talk up Jimmy Garoppolo? There's been obvious friction between the two of them. It's not like they're best friends. Yeah, he likes Jimmy Garoppolo. Of course, there's a respect between the two. Kyle Shannon's talking him up because he wants people to make an offer and a good one when they start Trey Lance. Here's the thing. Jimmy Garoppolo has been hurt. He needs to win in order for people to forget about injuries. You forget about injuries very fast. If he starts the season 6-1, and one, nobody cares that he was hurt last year. They think, huh, was that a Super Bowl two years ago? 6-1 and one this year, he's looking pretty good. You don't think teams are going to get desperate? You think when Ryan Fitzpatrick goes like 2-4 and four to start the season, that Washington's not giving him a call? They're going to give him a call. Yeah. Here's why he's going to start Week 9. Because they're going to open at the Lions and at the Eagles. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to shred them. You don't want him facing the Packers, Seahawks, Niners, and the Colts the next, what, what is that, four weeks? No, three weeks. Three. Four. That's four. Oh. So you're going to start him against the Packers, the Seahawks, but those are both at home, very winnable games. You could very well be 4-0 or 3-1. and And then you're probably going to beat the Cardinals. Then you're looking at what, 5-1? and Yep. Colts without Carson Wentz, you're looking at 6-1 and now. Or... No, 5-1. You're looking at 5-1 and one after you beat the Colts. You don't want them coming to face Khalil Mack, right? No, you so don't then want to. Then you're going to beat, you're probably going to beat the Bears, though. But you just don't want them facing that pass rush. You could very easily be 6-1, and one, bye week. Or, I'm sorry, not a bye week, but a lot of rest. Eight days rest. Boom, Cardinals. And that's when you see Trey Lance. Am I crazy? No, I don't. I don't think you're crazy. So what week is that's week nine against the Cardinals? That's week nine against the Cardinals because yeah, they they have a decent pass rush, but that's at home with with a fairly good rest. That's eight days rest right there. I like that. I mean, it gives him more time, a little more time to watch film, a little more time for walkthroughs and practice, get things a little straightened out. And plus, by that point, he's watched eight weeks of football in front of him. So I would, I would say the 
also another area to look for that he could come in is in between the buy. So after that Cardinals game, they go to Arizona. And then they come home for the Colts, but there's a buy in between. Mm. The Colts still aren't going to have Carson Wentz. That's another area to watch. That's week seven. Watch out for week seven. So let's go Let's go week nine or week seven, either the Colts or the Cardinals. Well, that's another very interesting thing that came to my head while you were talking. Look, the Colts don't have a quarterback. Also, the trade deadline is the eighth. So, okay. yeah, week nine might be a little too late for him to start because you were going to want to deal Garoppolo before that. So I'm actually now leaning towards week seven. Okay. So here's the thing, though. You're talking about how... Look, Indianapolis is going to need a quarterback. Everybody knows that this team is going to need a quarterback now that Carson Wentz is out. Yeah. So, hmm, Jimmy G's getting some praise. Yeah, I, I know, but the thing is, Carson Wentz is already expensive, and Jimmy G's not cheap either. You would have almost $60 million tied into just the quarterback position alone. You would, but if they feel like they can win now, is that a move they make? Maybe, but by the time, you'd have to trade for him now, though. You'd have to trade for him now, because he'd have to get there, learn the system, and get going. Yeah. Because if you, you know, you're not going to trade for him, like, around that same time. Like, you're not going to trade for him October 3rd because Wentz will be back in three weeks. Yeah. You're not going to trade him and pay him almost $30 million for, like, three or four weeks. You're going to start out. Yeah, absolutely. So, Trey Lance, let's go, let's go with week seven. I actually feel better about week okay. seven. That is, um, let's see. Week seven, I guess. October 10th is that Cardinals game in between the end of a bye Coming out of the bye October 24th, at home, primetime game against the Colts. That's where he starts. Okay. Okay, Justin Fields. We have him. See, now there's not like a big trade issue here, so we don't have to worry about the deadline for Justin Fields. Because Andy Dalton will be fine backing up. Nobody cares. That's a week. That's probably week 11 against the Ravens. Now, I know it's not ideal that he comes in against the Ravens. But you got to look at their schedule. Open at the Rams. No thanks. Let's let Andy Dalton carve up the Bengals and the Browns. Mm-hmm. Probably the Lions, too, and the Raiders. And here's why. Now, you could insert him at home against the Lions, then going to the Raiders. We discussed that, right? Yep. But then the next stretch is brutal. And Justin Fields is the last guy when it's under center going against the Packers, the Buccaneers, the Niners, the Steelers. Now, after the Steelers, they have a bye week, and then they come home for the Ravens. So you're at home, you're comfortable after a bye week. You bypass the four, well, three of the best, probably seven pass rushes in the league with the Steelers, Niners, and the Bucks. And you don't really feel like losing your first game against the Packers. That's that's an outright loss. I think they have a chance, though, at home against the Ravens. That's week 11, November 21st, at home versus the Ravens. What do you think? I like it because it's really one of the only places it makes sense. You don't want to put them in... Before that brutal stretch. But you don't want to put him in, and you do not want him to face Green Bay, and then Tampa Bay, and then San Francisco, and then the Steelers, and back-to-back-to-back-to-back weeks. No, you can't do that. After this bye week, like you said, he'll be very comfortable. The Ravens are coming to Soldier Field. He'll have a little bit of the weather on his side, I'm assuming, because it will be late November, November 21st. He's already praying for snow, let me tell you. I think it's good. I think it's a good and spot for him to start. I, I think it's really one of the only points in this schedule where I think he could fit in. The only other place that I could maybe see it happening 
would be would year. would be after Baltimore. But the problem with that is you're going on short rest to Detroit after that, and then you're going. I'd, I'd rather him have a bye against a tougher team than go short rest against Detroit. Because at the end of the day, the NFL is the NFL. If you're not prepared, it doesn't matter Anybody who you're could playing. Beat you. Anybody could beat you. I would. I feel better about him going with like 13 days of preparation against the Ravens than I do him going with four two. days against well, the Lions. You have to think they have a day off after that game, and then they're probably not going to practice full speed right before that game. So you have two days of preparation before the for Lions. the Lions. I don't care what team you are. Dan Campbell's at least a defensive uh, head coach, so I just don't like that. Yep. All right, last one. Mac Jones. Mac Jones. So Mac Jones. October 10th, week five against the Texans. Here's why. Cam Newton's going to start. He's going to be way better in his... So first of all, I've been going back and forth because I think there's a possibility that Mac Jones doesn't start at all this year. But we're predicting if he does, when is he, right? Mm-hmm. There is no better spot than than we're, than right here against the Texans. So they start out with the Dolphins. That's a great defense. You don't want to start him week one. Then you're going to go to the Jets. Let Cam Newton destroy that team. Just let boost his ego a little bit. But then the Saints and the Bucks. Those are those are two tough games. You want him? You want him? Mac Jones playing against Sean Payton? No, you want him watching those games. Yeah. You want him? You want against against Bruce Arians and Tom Brady? You want him starting in the house that Tom Brady Tom Brady built against Tom Brady? No. Are you out of your mind? But then you go to Houston. That is the most abysmal football team in the league. That's exactly who I want Mac Jones starting. That is, you could not paint me a better picture for when he's going to start. Oh, and also, the next week, they come home against the Cowboys, who have a terrible defense. Bottom three last year. Awful. They're going to be improved, but still bad. And then you get the Jets. So bad. So bad. Not a good football team. Not a good roster. Really, really bad defense. And then you go to L.A., who Bill Belichick absolutely dismantled the Chargers last year, so that's a good chance for a win. And then you have the young Panther team after once well, starting November. Yep. That, that's a beautiful spot to start. Because then once you start looking after that, then you got the Browns and the Falcons on short rest, the Titans with Mike Vrabel. I want no parts of that. The Bills, the Colts defense, no thanks. The Bills again. Now the Jags, that'd be sweet, but then that's the second-to-last game of the year, and then the Dolphins to finish it off. Yeah. There's no good spot to put him in if you want him to have experience than Week 5. No, yeah, I 100% agree. Um, let him play against garbage at first. Let him go out there and play against Houston. And uh, and Dallas and and the Jets. The Jets at home, mind you. Exactly. Um you know, these are all spots that I could see him very easily fitting in. Yeah, I agree. But uh, I think that's about all we have, right? Yep, that is all we have for today, guys. Thanks for sticking around and listening. Uh, go make sure you're checking out everything that we have over on Instagram and Twitter. We'll have a bunch of stuff, uh, a bunch of clips posted this week, a couple graphics, a couple of the uh, divisional predictions we'll have up there, and yeah. uh, even this list and when yeah. some rookie quarterbacks while are going to start. Yeah, while you're out surfing the web, Go out to phoenixfitness.com, so it's F-N-X. There's a link in our link tree to it. Yep. Take you right there. Use code TJ2021. Get yourself some supplements. Get yourself yayed up. Yep. Get, get the pump going. There you go. And then once you get that going, head over to Lift Life Apparel. 10% off when you use the code Josh Johnson. He was on here today. Yep. 
go get yourself a shirt that fits nice when you have that pump. You absolutely. know what I mean? You can hit a little two for one right there. Yeah, and there you go. Disc- discounts on both. Yeah, absolutely. Discounts all around. Guys, thanks for listening. Great show today. Great time talking to Josh. And uh, thank you for listening to The Issue. Thank you.